0: Hello ladies and gentlemen, today is February 9th, 2023, Super Bowl weekend is upon us and yes, I am from Philadelphia, don't hold it against me, but here we go. Welcome to the MSP Initiative Live, Um, the last session was pretty interesting, if you didn't catch it, you'll find it at mspinitiative.com where we post this and every other podcast and live session that we do here on the channel. Uh, the last session was was with David Bellini. That's right, one of the two Bellini brothers who started Connectwise. And at the end, he gave us a bit of a surprise, uh, but I won't I won't spoil it if you weren't on there and you haven't seen it yet. Uh, community block parties, you know, we love these, and they're big, and they're crazy, and they're noisy, and they're coming. They're just not set yet. They're being set. And once we have, you know, like tangible, lockable dates and times and stories to tell you, we will tell you, but you stay tuned. It'll it'll be interesting as they usually is. But what we have done is parked the MSP uh, Channel Strong tour bus for the year, and we flipped this into two, not three, two live in-person events, Dallas on May 8th and 9th and Denver, August 14th and 15th, where we're gonna bring you industry experts from around the community who are going to workshop ideas with you, not just PowerPoint you and say, you should look into, we want you to walk out with actual tangible results or at least the beginning of what those results could look like. Here are some of the experts, there will be more. Again, this isn't a product, pitch. This is a we're solving for a problem. So I love to use the example of my friend Brad Gross, who we love to have here on MSP Initiative Live, where like maybe you bring your MSA with you and then like you find out how bad or how good of a shape you're in, in a workshop style session. So uh, absolutely free to the MSP community. This is our way to give back. Um, Of course, there'll be some nighttime shenanigans as expected. So you'll find that under MSP community lines. Lastly, Uh, We're starting to have vendors, you know, basically raise their hand and say, hey, we want to give a special offer out to the community. So we're throwing them here on this page called MSP Community Offers. Three so far, more coming. Uh, You'll check that out there. And uh, that is the story there. So welcome, 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 everyone that's joining us live. Uh, (laughs) Matt's saying I'm wearing the wrong colors. Are you sure, Matt? Uh, You want to make a friendly wager? We like to do that here on this side of the aisle see that he wasn't he wasn't ready for me he didn't think about that I was going to call him out so early in the show don't worry my friend i'll leave that open you can think about if you want to jump on there we have a, an hour so plenty of time for you to contemplate what might be going on we do have a guest coming on today he's running a little bit late no worries i went out to the news wire and just tried to see what was happening in MSP land and there's plenty <laughs> i am willing to take your money okay well Come up with a number. Let me know what that what that wager is. We'll just do straight up. No points. No spread. No under. No over. Just straight up. Uh, that's uh, that's all good. Um, so let me know what your your comfortable number is. But until we get our guest, um, some 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 notable kind of kind of stories from around the the circle. Right. Uh, congrats to uh, our friend Paco Lebron. Paco has an MSP. He hit his ten year anniversary. Also runs a company called uh, MSP Unplugged and a conference that's also in, New, uh, I think, New Jersey this year. Uh, he received the Channel Pro Network Peer of the Year Award. Congrats to you, Paco. Uh, good guy out there. And uh, if you haven't run into him, uh, nothing but good things to say. He's a pretty solid dude and loves, loves sharing with the community. Um, I knew this was coming for a long time, right? Every time we say Microsoft, 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 we always like kind of cringe. Uh, But uh, it looks like basic authentication is going away. Uh, This largely came out about email, right? You know, with like just basic username, passwords going away uh, and other things, right? So uh, if you haven't already figured it out, Microsoft's been slowly but surely, like literally pulling the lights off on basic authentication. And I'm under the understanding that they're applying security defaults now, which quite frankly, they should have been doing the whole time in my opinion, but I digress. To tenants, so you might want to dig into what that means and how that changes your experience, uh, because ultimately that's going to change. yeah, you know, look without your pressing a button, right? Microsoft's just like finally saying, "Hey, we're going out there and we're pressing buttons for you." Uh, so definitely catch up on what's going on uh, so that you know uh, you're not caught a little bit flat-footed. Uh, I guess this is a uh, you know like drive-by news, but a company called ScalePad. Uh, You know, over there, over at Top Down, which is a, you know, the kind of Shark Tank style company uh, run by Chris Day. And if you don't know that name, he was the original founder of IT Glue, uh, but ScalePad acquires Cognition 360, uh, like another dashboard analytics power, you know, like uh, BI style, um, you know, vendor out there. So that's now part of of ScalePad and word on the street is ScalePad is going to start to like do acquisitions to roll a lot of different companies into what they're now building as a platform, uh, but originally started as Warranty Master and then kind of grew from there. So keep your eye on that. But uh, if you've heard of Cognition 360 or ScalePad, they're now under ScalePad. And there you go. I'm sure this hit, everybody saw this one already. I'm gonna say it anyway, head nod there. to Mr. Rob Ray, who's now landed at PAX 8. Uh, Who's, you know, looks like he's going to be like, you know, the guy up at the microphone emceeing PAX 8's annual, first annual conference this year called Beyond uh, in Denver. So, um, congrats to Rob. I know he's been out there for a little bit. Now we know where he landed, went from DattoCon to Beyond, (laughs) one conference to the other. Uh, So, uh, if you're a PAX 8 partner or just an MSP, uh, you can go uh, pull up. PAX 8 Beyond, just Google it and you'll see that, I think that event's coming up in June uh, in Denver and uh, Rob Ray will be the face of that effort. And then we see, uh, you know, maybe a familiar face to some, uh, Craig Fulton, um, usually the guy up there on stage during the IT Nation uh, style events. has uh, no longer, you know, exited the company 16 years. So um, I guess they'll have to, to find somebody uh, very animated to to be up there on the microphone, but uh, yep, Craig is no longer at the company. Uh, good luck to you, Craig. A couple of other items, for what it's worth, you have what seemingly is a targeted ransomware attack over the last seven-ish days uh, on ESXI servers. Um, so basically, uh, CISA has actually you know acknowledged this and rolled out a uh, a script to like unwind it if you get hit um so if you haven't if you didn't knew this know this was happening there's a decryptor script out there here you go it's in this article uh basically uh, uh, a vulnerability and a service that's running in uh, older vmware versions uh exploitable and here they are the bad guys just kind of sweep the internet find them and hit them and do the whole ransomware give me you know give me Bitcoin kind of thing so uh if you aren't aware of this you're on older you know anything under here you go 7.0 update 3i I don't know why I, like put letters behind updates why not just make it update four or update five or update six but I digress 3i 7.0 update 3i if you're underneath of that then you could be uh, um potentially in the the bull'seye here so read up on this understand the jam, understand uh, what's going on out there. Know that there's a uh, uh, a way to get backwards from it without paying the bad guys and maybe uh, a little bit more incentive to uh, update those ESXi servers out there. So of course, I'm coming down to my last two stories and we'll see if our guest pops on. If not, we'll, we'll see go radio style here. But um, surprise, surprise, top three cloud vendors, AWS, Google, Azure. And so I was, you know, they're basically like, hey, what does the math look like? Well, <laughs> here it is. Looks like AWS and Azure are literally 1A and 1B practically, like 0.1, right? I know in the billions, that's not a small amount of money, but, you know, they're right there, neck and neck. And then Google's like, hey, over here, kitty table, let me in. So I just thought that was interesting. What a huge drop off between these two guys, pretty much at twenty. 3 4 billion between them and then you got Google behind them. I guess we didn't factor other people like Alibaba out there on the other side of the world, but obviously these guys were targeting the US facing um cloud vendors. And then lastly, uh congratulations to the 2023 Channel Chiefs. So these are the you know people that every year get nominated and put onto CRN's list for people who, you know, run the channel effort in their various companies. Uh, I know there's a lot of you out there, congratulations. And uh, a lot of it is uh, some hardworking people doing a lot of airline miles, behind the windshield miles, hopefully not too many trains and boats, but I digress. Congratulations and thank you for uh, <laughs> for uh, jumping in. So of course, Matt, you're, you're chatting with me here. He said, could we do a Trading Places version, just $1? All right, Matt. You know, that's, uh you know, if you want to go for a dollar, you know, I should, Sade, you can write that down for me. Matt wants to go in for a $1. dollar, not a hundred dollars, not a thousand dollars, a dollar. No problem. Matt got you. And yes, the Bellini uh, brothers, uh, actually, David Bellini and Adam Slutskin, if, you know, in that episode post, if it's not already on there, uh, are behind the Cyber Fox company, uh, which is, uh you know, two two kind of pillars at the moment, uh, more coming Uh <laughs> am I too young for the trading places reference? I saw the movie. I remember I got you. No, I'm not doing the trading places, but I'll still take your dollar. How about that? Uh, but yes, is behind CyberFox, which has auto elevate and, um, and uh, password boss as two of what seemingly is going to be five, six or seven solutions that'll be rolled underneath of one company. Uh, but, uh, David gave us a little bit of a clue on where they're going and uh, pretty pretty exciting times because uh, it's not often you can be successful at startups. Uh, but talk about the jump in between what? ConnectWise, you said they started forty years ago, like almost unimaginable to like modern day, right? Got to be completely different between starting up then and now. Kind of dove into a little bit of that uh, in, la- in the, the last call. But um, yeah, just go all the way to the end when you watch that and you'll see what I mean by uh, a little bit of a surprise, but uh, I digress. Uh well, Pete, I guess you're filling in for who was supposed to jump on today, but that's okay. Welcome aboard. How's everything going today?
1: Hey, it's another bright sunny, shiny day here in Myrtle Beach.
0: Yeah. Isn't Call that is isn't that where a balloon blew up? I'm pretty sure.
1: Yeah. It was a pretty cool sight. It was a pretty cool sight. We watched it happen live from our front yard. It sailed over our right over our house as it moved out and a little south, and then we watched the fighter jets circle, and then boom! Yeah, our house too, rattled and rolled.
0: Not too often you see missiles being shot above your house.
1: This is true, not <laughs> above your house. <laughs>
0: yeah, I, I wonder. I wonder what would happen, right? You have like homeowners insurance, and they're like, "Yeah, I need to put a claim in." Why? is like uh, missile went off course and hit my house. Like, do they cover that?
1: Yeah. Well, the good news was it wasn't a high explosive, so it was just a proximity to pop the balloon right they they didn't do anything so if you look at all the the returns you never see any fire coming out of the you see the smoke of the gases evaporating you know a little bit in the atmosphere but they really didn't they didn't put any incinerary in the middle of it because they wanted to recover but it's active down here it's active down here right now they brought the the navy LCACs out which are the big inflatable bottoms that they can throw all kinds of you know a half a battalion of with tanks and equipment and stuff so they've been riding out to the ships and coming back in and so you know i feel like it's old home week for me so
0: well definitely it's definitely interesting like i said that doesn't happen every day not that we want balloons of any kind (laughs) from other places uh rolling sixty thousand feet above the above the air but uh hey uh interesting times we'll put it up in the in the history book for sure
1: yep I'm sure that somebody's down on the one area of the beach now for the tourism, putting that stake and building that monument of where the balloon approximately, you know, came down. And, you know, that's that historical marker, putting it on the map. They said
0: they said that the beach where Tom Brady did his retirement video from somebody mm -hmm. found it was selling sand there for one hundred thousand dollars. I saw that. Yeah,
1: I saw that. That's crazy. Yeah, that's crazy.
0: Yeah. So it's a little bit uh, it's a little bit nuts, but. You know, interesting times in the world, interesting times in technology. Um, Tom who? Yeah, I got you. I got you. I love <laughs> that. I love that. in here. Yeah, exactly. Tom the, Tom the goat. That's what they say. I don't know why goat was the, you know, why, why couldn't we pick a bear or, you know, or uh, I don't know, something big, bigger than a goat, but apparently it's no, a goat.
1: No, it means greatest of all time. Goat.
0: Greatest oh, of all time. Greatest of all time. I digress. I don't believe that.
1: <laughs> i thought it was because they put him out the pasture and he was just out on the farm eating the grass I
0: don't that's know. it that's what i thought yeah mm-hmm. greatest of all time well okay i know some people love that but it's hard to take the greatest of all time lost to a backup quarterback off the bench nick Foles, five years ago in the super bowl just gotta say belichick and brady lost to that guy i don't know greatest of all time mm. Well, now, you got me a parade and a trophy. I'll take it. Thanks, Tom. Appreciate it, buddy.
1: Of course, of course. Now I know what time of year it is too, because my my uh, lovely office mate and wife just went to the mailbox and decided that she needed to bring me back one of these boxes. Which
0: okay, Girl Scout. I'm sure.
1: Deal. I'm sure I'm I'm going to have to dose up to finish that this afternoon, so.
0: I I don't know. Back in the day, my Boy (laughs) Scout days, I went pretty, like, even before my Boy Scout days, like, you know, where you sell the candy bars for, like, fundraiser for your school, and, like, Mm -hmm. I somehow sell a pallet of it, you know, it was, like, my jam. And all I got was a pizza party. I don't know if that was a fair exchange. But um, I I thought, find it interesting. Here in PA, they're, like, putting up little kiosks, like, with a window, a drive-up window, like, you know, dad made it out of wood and put a window in it. And, like, they're selling Girl Scout cookies on the curb. That's it's pretty good.
1: I tell you what, they're in every every doorstop and everywhere else. But what a model, right? What a model.
0: People love cookies. I don't know if the Boy Scouts got a little bit, you know, ripped off on the popcorn side. But cookies definitely sell. Well, that's for damn sure. And, and you know, even if you're not supposed to be eating them, you still eat them, to be honest. Um, <laughs> so, all of a sudden, you know, we're seeing all these you know events pop up. You know, usually like the first quarter of the year is kind of quiet, but the next four or five, six weeks are pretty busy in MSP land. Like, you know, for, uh, apparently nobody got the postcard that they needed to wait till longer in the year. But um coming up, right? There's right of boom, which I think's in their second or th- I think third year, which is really you know, like this pop-up security-style event in M- in the MSP, you know, kind of sandbox. So if you haven't looked up right of Boom, that one's coming up. And then you have Nerdio, who I guess was successful during the end of pandemic times doing a conference in Cancun, Mexico. Here we come again. They're doing another one in Cancun. Um, <laughs> so, you know, of course, you're on the resort for the week. Probably not a bad thing, all-inclusive. But so you have... Right of Boom, Nerdio, and then you have, we just finished Zero Trust World with Threat Locker, right? They had it in Orlando area. Um, and then there's Exchange right after, you know, coming on the tail end of that, right? From from CRN, like the, usually do two or three events a year. First one's coming up there, again, in Orlando. So uh, amazing how Florida's getting a lot of love uh, on these events.
1: It's It's amazing how many have migrated this year to to yeah. there and to texas it seems those are the two hot spots
0: well i think i probably they figured that if something else popped up that those two those two states would still probably be open
1: Mm-hmm. that's true right
0: so that's true. usually I mean, it's
1: you know a quick quick airfare to one of those places too quick direct routes and
0: yeah uh, I mean, like, you know, I'm starting to wonder if I need to get like, a you know, an address and a postal op- post office box in a condo down in Orlando.
1: Well, uh, you know, I know I know you like that new terminal there in Newark. So, Oh,
0: dude, by the way, for, you know, <laughs> if you if you're going to Terminal C in Orlando or Terminal A in Newark Liberty, like they're on islands. Right. So I took JetBlue. I had a credit from last year where they stranded me in Florida. And so I'm like, all right, got to use this credit or else it's going to expire. So I take JetBlue down to Orlando and I go to Newark, which I'm in between, you know, like I'm closer to Philly, but I, you know, I can get pretty easily to Newark as well. Um, and you take the air tra- train, right? And you're like, all right, cool, air train, yep, get right off, go. The air train doesn't actually make it all the way to this new $2.7 billion terminal. You have to stop, <laughs> go down the stairs. Wait for a bus that never shows up, by the way, or walk a mile to get to the air to to get to the terminal. So I ended up having to walk the mile. And then, of course, you know, you're running late because you didn't factor that 20, 30 minute swing and you're, you know, traveling the airport. And then, of course, on the way back, (laughs) you're basically having to get back to the parking lot. You have to go to one of the other terminals in order to get to the right place to get to the park. Uh, I, I don't get it. Why are you going to, and, and the same for Orlando. So, so JetBlue, right, took JetBlue with the credit from Terminal A in Newark to MCO, right? So apparently there's a new terminal there, Terminal C, not just A and B, you know, where you go left or right, orange or green, Terminal C, and yeah, nothing's connected to Terminal C in Orlando either. So it was an interesting, rude, rude awakening. So if you're taking anything to Terminal C in Orlando, no, you're going to need extra time. And uh, Newark, I don't know how you built uh, a <laughs> $2.7 billion terminal and like said, nope, nobody needs to get there. It's OK. I, I, I can't I, I don't know who was in that planning meeting, but I, I, I'm going to suspect nobody said anything. Just you know, maybe all that 2700000000 billion didn't quite make it into the construction process. Just a thought. But, you know, I'll leave it there. What do you think there, Pete? um
1: you know i know some of the guys that were like uh, the iron workers and the foremans and they just are proud of their work and love it uh i don't think they were worried about the transportation but i gotta think at some point they're gonna connect like that air air terminals they they can't just leave it out as an island, too, it's much, an island too much traffic i know right now but you know at some point I think they got politically under pressure to get that thing open because they spent a lot of money building that terminal. Now, Orlando, I have no clue, but New Jersey, uh, New Jersey, yeah, it was, you know, uh, politically motivated to get it open and uh, before everything was wrapped up because I think it was so far behind, right? It, years behind as a COVID. Yeah. Kind of thing. So I, at I least know. that's some of the excuse, but. Who knows? Yeah,
0: I, I don't see how they get to the train all the way to the gate, but or to the terminal, like because there's a parking garage in front of it. So they're not going to I don't know how they're going to do that, but I digress. I mean, I hope that they fix it. My guess is that they don't. Why are you going to make it harder on people? Right. But I guess they didn't care.
1: You know, take the plane to the train, train to the plane, walk to the gate. They don't care.
0: So on, on Orlando Terminal C, you got to get in a, in a 55 passenger bus. To go what? to the one the other terminal. So I was like, so wait a minute. <laughs> it was almost like a trade show, Pete. You roll into the airport and all of the rental car places have a pop-up banner and like a little like six foot table. And I'm like, did they sell you a sponsorship?
1: <laughs> Does, do, do the rental buses come that far over to get no, you, you take it to, to the, the new- a, uh,
0: In order in order to get to, like you can have them look your, your reservation up in the computer at the six foot table, but then you right. got to get on the 55 passenger bus go all the way to the other terminal to then go to the actual rental car, you know, you know, places in the terminal on the other side. It was, it was a complete waste of time.
1: Wow. That's crazy. That's crazy.
0: So I, I don't know, man, I just, uh, well,
1: care. you know, U-Haul has adventures in moving. We have Bardisi, you know, adventures in travel. I, I mean, I don't, I don't care what anybody says, you know, ever since I started traveling with you, I've had more adventures in airports, you know, that that you've you've said oh yeah it's good to be me right i always get this and now all of a sudden it's like the black cloud has been like expunged a little bit in threat for all of us that travel with you and, and yeah. get it so you know so, so you by the up, way that's not bring me. up the new TSA. adventure
0: that's tsa <laughs> that's not me i can't help that they target people uh, yeah. That are you know what? What is it? Vaguely ethnic, right? Well, so,
1: just know, don't if, carry don't carry a container of quarters. That's all I can say.
0: <laughs> uh, okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. But for parking, right? Yeah. Uh, if you could I find
1: the quarters, that's it. Yeah. It's true. So.
0: And I rented so so I rented my first Tesla. At, you know, as a rental. By the way, I've never. Yeah, I think I drove a, a Tesla just for giggles, just as a test drive. You know, way back when, and like never looked back. And then it was one of the options, right? It's like pick from the row. So I'm like, all right, cool. Let's check it out. And uh, yeah, I didn't know how to lock the thing. I didn't know, like, you know, like (laughs) they they don't give you anything, right? They're just like, here you go. And you're just like, "Uh, do I just leave this thing on the street unlocked? How does this go? And I will start calling people to get instructions on how to drive this thing. It's a computer on wheels. That's all it is. And quite frankly, every time I went to a charging place, they didn't have, like it didn't have the right connector. And I ended up just having to pay to, you know, drop it off and get, you know, have them charge it for me. $35. Well, you know,
1: when I was out in California, it was cheaper to run the Tesla than it was a regular car, right? And being, I get it, it's California. But the other side of the coin was, is I didn't even bother to try and charge it because they were only going to charge me 35 bucks. If anything, if you return but it under I had, 75%. I actually
0: had the time to do the charge, but I couldn't get to the right place to charge it, so frustrated. <laughs>
1: But it was it was thirty five dollars for them to charge it. Like that's what four gallons of gas, and the tank would have pro- probably been close to empty. So it would have been a you know an eighty dollar gas bill for me if I had returned it empty or even filled it in California at four fifty five dollars a gallon versus thirty five dollars. So I was like, you know what?
0: Yeah, it, it just right the now. time
1: and the effort was just drop it off.
0: if you had to go anywhere far, like I heard a guy. You know, took took the yeah you know, took the electric car option like had to go up and down California like the whole jam and then had to like reroute the whole trip to go to these charging stations. Nah I'm out. But if it's a short distance and you don't have to worry about it, yeah, the $35 might be worth it. All, all I can say is, um how about some, you know, like you're literally giving the, the car to people who have no idea how to operate this thing. Like yeah they can turn it into reverse and drive but like at least you gotta show people how to um, you know lock the car when they park.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, root, root I
1: I, uh, I I rented from Hertz and they emailed me uh, how to drive your test book mm. and there was like this little instructional video it was very nicely done but it took me through all the core features but then I couldn't find things so I did what you know good friends do I called Stanners at like you know of course probably eight o'clock at night and said okay where's what I this? how too. do oh, I do this how did he's like oh yeah just do this do that do that you know but I didn't like the uh, the overall feel of it, though. I, I felt like that right rear side, I just felt like I felt bare, you know, <laughs> I felt like I was exposed and I didn't have any good visual. The mirrors weren't as big. And, you know, I, I drive that big truck with those big mirrors. So I, I didn't get the views that I wanted on the right side of the vehicle. So.
0: Yeah. So let let's go to the topic of the day, shall we? chat gpt bing has just integrated it into its search engine and made search interesting again Mm -hmm. and then surprise surprise google came out with their competitive solution (laughs) after 100 billion dollar
1: what is it bard or something like that
0: yeah so so it's apparently google lost 100 billion dollars in market value after the their chat GPT competitor produced factual errors in an ad demo. Oops.
1: Oops. That's yep. not good. Well I I I had a customer that told me from my marketing perspective that I needed to embrace chat GPT, that it would reduce my prices and make me more competitive. And I said, well, okay. And he's like, embrace it, embrace it, embrace it. And, and I, you know, we've, we fiddled around with AI tools. We had a tool that was out there called Word AI that we, you know, you could take it and it would then go out. And, and one of the things that I really like uh, about Word AI, and it still leaves a lot to be desired, but it's good for a start on something. Um, we, we very rarely use it though anymore, is that it will tell you the plagiarism level and what I came back with was plagiarism in excess of 80% of what the AI would write. Now I'm sitting here saying part of the value of what you might do to your customer, right? No matter what business you're in, um, is, you know, protecting and differentiation and things of that nature. So how do you, I, I guess there's those fast models or shrink wrap models of certain products and all that, that you just, it's fine for right, but I think Brad Gross summed it up perfectly. There was a post on somebody that wrote on Reddit.
0: I it wasn't about, Reddit; it was a Facebook group.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the Facebook group where they said, "I just wrote my uh, MSA my, um, MSA using Chat GPT," and boy, the rage went on with that one. So Brad wrote a blog. Did you see the headline of his blog?
0: Yeah. Please be- go
1: ahead. Please yeah. go ahead and use Chat BT because. I need to put my kids through college still or something, something along the line like that.
0: Um interesting. There's 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 a lot of controversy around it. So who knows? We'll see. But I I mean, I'm sorry, but um how many times have we heard somebody say, Hey, can you give me a copy of your agreement? And then like literally just change the name on it and send it somewhere? And like <laughs> Everybody gets themselves in trouble with this because you don't know where they got it from. It could be eight levels removed from wherever it started from. You don't know how old it is. You don't even know if it fits wherever you are in the world, right? There is, you know, laws are slightly different, you know, depending on geography, right? And then, (laughs) and then of course, when you go to the lawyer, after you find out your agreement was faulty, that's when you're going to spend money. And I think that's what Brad was talking about, right? Like that's where, oh, there he is. Perfect timing, I, I said his name and he popped right on, Brad Gross. We we're talking about your chat GPT <laughs> article. And like, yes, Brad, I think a lot of people are going to help you put your children through school.
2: Well,
1: um, he, he, he's not logged in, but he, he must have been watching the stream online. No.
2: So here's the deal. I've been busy up until this moment, but I don't want to miss George. Uh, and and so I I thought, oh, he's probably still on. And as soon as I tuned in, I heard you talking about lawyers so yeah
0: <laughs> well <laughs> well we were talking about your article about how the one guy in the one msp facebook group you know just went to chat gpt to make an agreement for him and then had his co- customer sign it for him oh and yeah then i was like uh I, I when i saw it live right because i saw it like when it was unfolding and i'm like right somebody please actually like tell this 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 guy that this is the worst possible I, like he would I, you know not that i i just said right before you came on This is like hey, can I get a copy of your agreement? And like, you have no idea how old it is or where it came from. It's even worse than that, right? Because you don't even, <laughs> you don't even know where it took. Oh, it's far the worse. Data from, right? I mean, so, you know, there's
2: something, there's something wrong when your customer says, oh, this agreement looks great. You know, course. you've done something wrong. Of
0: course. <laughs> That's not usually uh, how, it,
2: how it goes down.
0: you know. so that was, um, <laughs> that was, that was amazing. And like, Brad, I mean, your business has found, foundationally you know hey let me help write your agreements and your employment agreements and your msas and whatever Mm -hmm. and we talk all the time about you know this is an evolving thing right you need to Mm -hmm. go back and revisit your stuff at some point because like the world changes we're going to try and do that at the msp mind events by the way we'll get to that later but thanks for Mm -hmm. being a part of that um brad i I, I wait, wait, I'm before,
2: before you say what you're about to say, Shade wants to promote me to a panelist, but I can't chat back because you've, you've locked out the chat. So oh. Sade, feel free to do that. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Now, so, um, ask, there we go. Now, George. Ask.
0: Yeah. So, so, I mean, I, 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 I'm, you know, not that I haven't had my own problems, Brad, that have cost me to spend lots of money to help put your children through college, but uh, some of those were not self-inflicted wounds, I argue. But uh, how? what is the absolute, and you don't have to put names and, and listen, you know, like obviously you have confidentiality, but if you could give us an idea, like what's the worst possible thing that you had to deal with where the agreement literally tanked the whole thing before it started? Uh-oh, he's muted now.
2: Right. See, now that I was promoted to panelist, I had the power, but I started off muted. So- <laughs> I was asking, do you mean um, where where a, where a bad agreement just led to things going downhill? Is that what? Yes, you're
0: like worse worse situation that came from a, just an agreement that was completely inept in whatever it was supposed to be doing.
2: Well, I'll tell you, it's not. You know, very often it's when you have a bad agreement. It doesn't result in just one issue. It results in a flood of issues. So the customer has absolutely um, has mismanaged expectations, Okay, expects the world. Um, The agreement sucks. And so when one thing happens and then another thing happens, suddenly everything is falling apart, right? You didn't do this. You didn't do this. Oh, and by the way, we're dissatisfied with everything that you've ever done and so on. and so what we'll often see is that with a bad agreement it's not just a question of well you didn't do this right and so we want to terminate now it's usually a, a, a um it is a flood of scope creep issues right it is a flood um we expected this we expected this we expected this you didn't deliver on any of that well that wasn't really what we were supposed to do or it wasn't within the scope well that's not what the agreement says actually the agreement is silent so this is what we expected also, you didn't do this and this, and th- and it goes on and on, and it almost, well, it doesn't almost. It puts the MSP in a position where they're defending themselves against everything they've ever done, as opposed to one or two specific issues. And at that point, it's you know, it's not even a question of can you enforce the agreement anymore. Now it's just a question of is it worth it? I mean, is this even recoverable? Um, so, yeah, I would say that these boilerplate you know i'm gonna provide a service to you you're gonna pay me and that's our relationship that type of agreement like you saw in the chat gbt example it's going to lead to disastrous not just misunderstanding it leads to disasters um and that i guess was the point of the article
0: yeah no it's perfectly said, and quite frankly (laughs) i know and again, I, I get why, right? People are like, hey, if I can save a few dollars and, you know, just maybe I'm on a time crunch. I need to give something to somebody right away because I got some, something showed up my doorstep and I can close the deal. But, you know, as they always say, you know, devil's in the details. <laughs> I mean, uh, and quite frankly, uh, I think it's only getting harder moving forward because, you know, as we said before, Brad, on on many times as you've been on this this show, but. At what point and have you had anybody talk to you about the concept of separating third party products and solutions out from the bundle that's being offered from an an IT service provider standpoint, if nothing other than to have a hard cut in between the services that the actual MSP is delivering as part of their labor and the third party pieces that effectively they're just reselling? Uh Uh-oh. Uh Uh-oh, we don't have audio now. We lost you. Yeah, I can see you. I just can't hear you.
2: I adjusted my microphone. I might have hit the mute key. There we go. Go Sorry about that. So what I was saying was um, what you are talking about is exactly what I preach about all the time, which is, look, here. Here's a perfect example. I was was giving a uh, presentation to a bunch of MSPs at a major event. We'll be. We'll remain vendor agnostic. Back last year, <clears throat> and uh, I said to the room of MSPs, I said, "How many of you provide uh, BDR solutions, backup and disaster recovery solutions?" And pretty much everybody raised their hand. Right, everybody. Oh yeah, we do this, we do that. And my, you know, my response was, "You're all wrong. Everybody here is wrong. None of you provide a BDR solution. Not one of you." So they're all looking around going, and I said, you don't do it. Dado does it. Acronis does it. Barracuda does it. I mean, pick your vendor, right? They're the ones that do it. You facilitate it. You resell it. There are parts of a solution that you might provide, implementation or installation of an agent, right? I don't know, whatever it might be. But truth is, You don't provide those services, you facilitate them. And unless you make that very clear in your agreement, your customer assumes, well, you're the provider. This is your agreement. You're the one providing it. So when it fails, and upstream providers do fail, the customer looks to you and says, fix it. But you can't fix it because it's an upstream provider. And if you come to them and say, well, listen, we didn't do anything wrong. It was provider A, B, and C. Your customer looks at you as they probably should logically and say, but you brought them to the table. You never told me that they're a separate. You brought them to the table. Now fix it. Now what? So the idea is that you have to explain to your customers, manage expectations, let them know that there are services you provide, and then there are some you facilitate, and they're different. And we're going to take on different responsibilities, shared responsibilities in some cases, depending on whether you're providing a service or you're reselling it. That's the point. So I think that's what yeah. you were hitting just
0: now. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, I, was, I was like whiteboarding with a couple of guys not too long ago where I'm like, why can't the MSP take a marketplace style approach where they take all the third party products and all the 40, 50, however many, so many now. Mm -hmm. And like move them into a completely separate entity, completely separate company, completely separate corporation, like hard, hard separation between the actual Mm -hmm. labor consulting expertise part where that's really where they're making the majority, if not most of their money, Mm
1: -hmm. and like
0: have all the third party products and almost like, hey, Here's my portal. Here are the items that are available in each category. Um, here's what we here's what we support, right? You go and select the ones that you want based on the price point that you're comfortable with out of this right. page. Mm-hmm. And then by the way, here is what we then charge on the labor side for help desk and you know that kind of thing as a separate, you know, agreement, right? Well, that's
2: so- interesting. What you're talking about is divide is creating maybe a um uh, a single purpose company right and that purpose is to provide or if i should say to facilitate or resell services Correct. and then you have another company that provides labor to the first company right or to the or, or to the or, customer or, or, directly or
0: literally the customer can just pay two separate companies right one for products yeah. and services and one for consulting implementation whatever and then mm-hmm. that way if and when, right? a problem occurs cuz technology doesn't work all the time, we know this. Right. Um doesn't that severely limit the liability?
1: So,
2: you know, whenever you get into a conversation about single purpose entities and and dividing uh, responsibilities among different companies, the the short answer is yes. Like on paper, that is ideal. If we could, I mean, you know, imagine in life, right? I mean, obviously this couldn't happen, but imagine in life, if we could allocate certain things we do to one persona and another to another persona, and you're right, and we, and if you have a problem with one thing, it goes to that persona, not to the person in general. Oh, I, I'm with you. That, that's wonderful. In reality, though, the management of the different companies and the contracts that would go back and forth and so on is probably... Uh, more cumbersome than most MSPs want to um, want to handle, uh, uh, but from a legal perspective, if this was a law school exam. Yeah, I think your your suggestion is actually an excellent one: creating single purpose LLCs to do different things. I mean, ideally, you could even create a single purpose LLC for the most. Um, the 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 most vulnerable, the most high risk services you're providing, right? Put them somewhere, whatever those might be, and then put others in a different LLC, and then have a labor LLC. You're not wrong. It's just beyond the scope of what most MSPs are capable of managing and dealing with, or what they want to deal with for sure.
1: Yeah, I I, I would agree with that. I mean, we we purposely broke our SaaS product into its own company and sell it from one company to the other. Right from it so we don't have to deal with that and just do an intercompany yeah so you, so transfer, you don't have to deal with and that kind of and, you know
2: it totally makes sense like i said if it were a law school exam i would say that that's exactly what you should be doing in reality though people are thinking well i have to have two different companies with two different books two different bank accounts different eins and so it starts to get a little much
0: i mean but you know you're not wrong george yeah i mean like imagine somebody bought a building A lot of MSPs get to the point where they buy their own facility. And then the facility is actually under one company and they're renting space to the IT company that now happens all the time.
2: You're right. Happens all the time.
0: At the end of the day, my, my big thing is Brad, I think the, you know, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm preaching to the choir here, but right. Because security, right. And because all these other things have now crept into the conversation and because Quite frankly, I think CISA, and I was mentioning this at ThreatLocker to somebody at their event uh, in Orlando the other week, mm-hmm. like are literally targeting MSPs. They're like, hey, MSPs might, might not be a good idea. And I'm like, you're a government agency. Why are you going out picking on <laughs> managed services providers? And, and I was like, the wording should be, I don't care who you are. Here are the things that you need to do, whether you have somebody help you facilitate these things or not. It's really you then, cus- uh, company. I digress. Coming back to the point, too much liability. You know, because, and I say this in all respect, mm-hmm. even if they, the even if the MSP is in the right place, had the right documentation, agreement right. was correct, right? Can they afford the litigation?
2: No, or do they even want to go through it? Do they have the the stomach for it, the wherewithal for it? No.
0: And that and that's where we always hear about big companies and big pockets, and are you going to be able to fight demand and all this, whatever? It just comes down to a straight up time and money problem.
1: But that just proves proves your point of firewalling the the products from services separately. So uh, there's a liability that you can, you know, not go out of business because one arm gets hit where the other one can still operate.
2: Yeah. I mean, that's the purpose of single purpose entities. Right. So you limit liability and you and you uh, allocate responsibility accordingly.
0: Yeah. George, you're
2: in the wrong business. Come join me.
0: Yeah, hey, you have an office for me? Uh I do. Well, I mean, yeah, lawyer, lawyer, yeah I play a lawyer on TV. But um
1: Although I, I, I see Brad still operates in the old days. It looks like a TRS 80 or an old Commodore 60. See that? Back there, so.
2: That is not a Commodore 60. That is an original TRS 80 model one, which there still works, by the way. Still works. I have the tape drive. I have my Jason doll, which I got as a result of a licensing deal I once did. I have, nice. uh, yeah, a lot of little knickknacks that we could uh, yeah, explore I, here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I
1: had um, I have one of those back in the day, too. It my very, It was, well, my, my Commodore 6, my VIC-20 was my first.
2: I had a VIC-20 and I had a Commodore 64. Yeah,
1: I had them yeah. both and then the, the Trash 80, as we call
2: them. Yes, sir, with a tape drive.
1: Yep. This is all, uh, all
0: before my time. That's all I could say.
2: Oh, it's not that far. See with the tape drive that this is how you loaded things in. And oh uh, yeah, it's uh still works.
0: Um,
2: 16k in the entire thing, by the way. That's it. Yeah. 16k memory.
0: They yeah, you know, they did say that today's cell phones have like a hundred times more power than the last thing that went to the moon, but
2: oh, of course,
0: <laughs> of course, <laughs> or a thousand or whatever the number of is. Of course. Um since we're on the topic of chat GPT before you came on, Brad, let's just continue hmm. down that road. Like I'm concerned. And P- and Pete actually brought up like this plagiarism score, right? Like the percentage of what the bots are popping out are, you know, literally copied from all places, of the internet. And, you know, then we get into, you know, like I just saw yesterday, Brad, that Getty images, right. Which is the company that does all these photos for all these industries was suing a hundred million dollar lawsuit against a, bot company who would like you would type in what you want your picture to be and it would like you know generate the graphics based on your right. your, your ask and they mm-hmm. were saying that they were using pieces of copyrighted material and now they're suing the company like how do you even know as a person typing the information in that you're getting you back stuff that you actually can't use
2: you don't you have to just assume that you can't right i mean but this is not new um if you were to type in uh, some sort of uh image search, and Google Image pops up with a, a thousand different, you know, possibilities. That doesn't mean that you can now take that image and say, well, I found it on Google. So I guess I could put it in my brochures and use it. These are copyrighted images. These are thumb, you know, thumbnail versions that were not in t- that were intended to show you what's out there, but not intended to convey licensing rights. So um this is not a new subject. It's now just being applied in a different, in a different setting, in a different venue.
1: Hmm. Yeah, so, a, definitely- I mean that's a that's a real and that's a real sticky sore subject, George. I mean, one that's obviously near and dear to my heart, right? Because mm-hmm. we do you, you know what would be considered a unique graphic, but it all starts with some kind of stock photography or graphic that you build on and modify and go. And then there's repurpose and reuse and all kinds of laws that get even deeper than just who the original owner is. It, it, yep. You know who owns that image when when you offboard a customer
0: right what's the answer
1: it's not trans it's not transferable under the agreements so we can't give uh, certain original compiled design work off and that's part mm-hmm. of our agreement who owns it who orig- who owns it because we're the ones licensed not mm-hmm. the end user right, right. Mm-hmm. so it's got to stay with us or it's got to have a watermark that's put into it somewhere that you can barely see hidden colorized and uh it it, it we we learned early on in our career.
0: <laughs> so, so let's let's take this to the other side then, right? Brad, I buy yes, a product. Let's call it an RMM. I start writing scripts on the RMM. I lose that customer down the line. Another cust- you know another MSP takes over, and they then take the work that I did somehow because like they're able to like you know take it from the agent right when they were yep. removing things, and then they go and start using the same stuff that I spent time building. How does that work? Is this supposed to be my agreement?
2: Wow. So what you're asking about is a copyright question that is somewhat not complicated, but it has a lot of different ways it could go. I'm going to give you the general rules, but again, not definitive on any particular, you know, situation. Definitive rules. The definitive rules are that under the Copyright Act of 1976, uh, authorship vests, ownership rather, I'm sorry, ownership vests in the author. Whoever creates something owns it. Hard stop. Ownership vests in the author. So, who authored it? I did. Well, then you own it. Now, there are some exceptions. The exceptions might be again general answer. Um, full-time employees. Okay, if the if a full-time employee created something within the scope of his or her you know work day uh, and expected scope of work, then that is owned by the employee. Okay. If there is a written assignment from the person who created the work to the person who wants to own it, a written assignment, well, that will change the ownership rules. There are a couple of exceptions, but generally speaking, if you you know, you know just sat back and said, well, I just started coding some things. I'm assuming they are original things. It's not um, uh, public use or, or, or any sort of generic stuff. This is stuff that you actually create. You put some thought into it. It It's your original expression of whatever you're thinking. You own it. And if your customer says, well, I'm taking it with me and saying, no, you're not. That's how it works, which is why we have independent contractor agreements, which is why we have ownership clauses in in all of these these documents that talk about this specific issue. Who owns the settings and configurations of a network? Does the MSP own it? They're the ones that set it up. Does the customer Mm -hmm. own it? Mm. i personally don't leave it to chance in agreements that i draft i say that the msp owns it that's it we settle the issue that's something
0: just simple things can be like but these are the things like uh, you know i'm sure you know people who got burned in the past ultimately led to things that end up in contracts let's be honest
2: (laughs) right well that's really it Look, I'm, I have in, in, in contracts. Here's here's a here's a good one. I have in, in contracts that I write a what we'll call a morals clause. A morals clause. You have to act in a way that's reasonable. You have to act in a way that is in good faith, and so on. Now, where did that come from? A morals clause in an MS in an MSA, right? With mass with MSPs. Why would you ever include a morals clause? Well, here's the answer. So. I'll change the names to protect the innocent uh, and even the locations. But I had an MSP somewhere north of here that called me up and said, we have a problem. What's the problem? They're in a fairly remote area and they were servicing a law firm and the law firm owner was a real jerk. He was, he was a real jerk, like a really bad dude. And what happens was every time that their techs had to go on site The owner of the firm would threaten the techs, threaten them, not physically, but you know, you guys are not fulfilling your service levels. And I don't care. I know it's the company, but I think it's also you. I want your names. I want your addresses because I'm going to sue you and I'm going to sue your company. And he never actually did it, but he would threaten everybody to the point where the MSP couldn't get a tech to go on location anymore. No tech would go there because they would think, I'm going to be sued. I don't want to go there and deal with this idiot. So the MSP calls me up and says, what, do you, what can we do? Well, it was the law firm paying its bill? Yeah. And we're in the middle of like a three-year deal. How do you get out of it? Right, So I I contacted the owner of the law firm and said, you know, my client, I don't think it's a good fit. I think we're going to start to ramp it down. And he said, that's a breach of contract. And if you do that, we're going to sue you and so on and so forth, because I pay my bills. Tell your guy to grow a thicker skin. That was his response. Tell your guy to grow a thicker skin. Now what? Well, 20 grand later, by the way, I got him out of that contract. Um, Had to go almost to trial with it, but the guy backed down eventually. Uh, But now, for example, and that was many years ago, But ever since then, I have in my agreements that I write something that says client has to act in a way that is reasonable, that is cooperative, and that uh, if they don't and their behavior makes it impracticable or um, economically or or, uh, from a work perspective, a manpower perspective, impossible for us to proceed, then we can terminate for cause. And if we terminate for cause, you pay out the rest of the bill that comes from real life, right? I mean, this is what it, you know, it's a, it's an anecdote, a real one based on what you just said, George, everything that goes into these realities is based on something that we've seen over the past 20 years.
0: That's it. Absolutely. absolutely I mean, you, know? you know, I think, I think, uh, uh, myself, right. You know, like mm-hmm. how far are you willing to go, right. When it comes to, Hey, you know, can you keep your, I think the whole idea is to do everything you can to not have to go into a courtroom. Right. I mean, that's correct.
2: Correct. The idea. you get Let me there tell gets a
0: crazy?
2: I love that. You know, it's funny. You get people all the time and say, I want to sue. I want to take them to court. I'm going to, I can count on one hand since I have been an attorney. I've been an attorney, by the way, for 27 20. Wow. Longer since 93. What does that make me? Makes me old. Um, I could count on one hand the number of times that I have seen a client say, I want to go to trial, and they actually had the stomach for it. It is the worst. Litigation is horrible. It is never ending. You go to bed angry, you wake up angry, right? You're spending money on hourly rates, and you're not even sure what what's going on and, and so on it's horrible so to the greatest extent possible the idea of an agreement is to manage expectations of the customer so you don't end up in court so you don't end up in arbitration if you end up in arbitration you know everybody's lost except for the attorney which you know i guess depending Uh, on your perspective is not a bad thing but
0: you'll appreciate i was i was reading a uh a hotel rental agreement for uh, for an event we're doing coming up, and wow. um,
2: am I speaking at that event? You may be, okay. and
0: uh, they're like, "Oh, we're, here are our general terms, right?" And it goes to a yeah. link, like, "No, the link doesn't work." They're like, "Oh, I'll just sign it anyway." I'm like, "No." I was like, how about you show me what the link's supposed to say? And they're like, you know, when
2: the link will work, it'll work as soon as you sign it, then the, exactly. the link will suddenly work. Yeah.
0: That's why I said, I was like you need to remove this out of the agreement before I sign this because I'm not going to sign something that says go to the link and the link doesn't work. And they actually like, you know, had a tizzy out over it. And I'm like, I'll just go somewhere else. No, like, all right, we'll take it out. And I'm like, okay.
2: It's wow. that easy,
0: huh? I, I don't know, man. Yeah, you know, like I I appreciate the, Hey, you know, like if you're, if things are going to change, it's easier to point them somewhere. But like, if it doesn't work, like, I don't know about you, when somebody gives me a link to go read something, I just PDF save it because if it changes, at least I have what it was.
2: Yeah. You've got to be careful of version numbers and so on. Yeah. That's the thing, you know, I'll tell you, but that, that's not just at a um, customer level at at, at a consumer level happens at the corporate level all the time. We'll be dealing with the largest companies literally in the world that will in their own agreements will reference codes of conduct they'll reference you know various privacy policies and so forth in the agreement it'll actually have a website you go to the website doesn't exist it's a it's shocking to me how many people don't read that which is included in a contract just because it's a link and they don't want to they don't want to click the link to even see if it works so kudos to you for uh not falling for that
0: yeah, I just uh, it's absolutely amazing, but we'll hopefully get more Brad from you at the MSP community minds where we're going to mm-hmm. like build on this concept. Uh, coming up we got one in Dallas, one in Denver. I would talked about at the beginning of the show, but you know, I think people are are really not in a good place in MSP land. And I would say I'm going to throw a number out there. I want to see if you agree with me. I'm going to say 40% of the MSPs out there yeah. don't have their stuff properly updated legally speaking. Oh,
2: you're way low. Oh, no yeah. joke, you're way low. I mean, you're not even close to you're not a, Yes, I disagree with you. I would say it's closer to 75 or 80%. Don't. Wow. Um, you know, we we talk to literally hundreds of MSPs every year, hundreds. And I'm telling you that most of them simply don't have their acts together, but it, the good news is that they're talking to us, so they want to get their act together, right? But um you know, I used to have a, uh, a chart that I would put up when I spoke about um, problems that an MSP has uh, on one axis and on the other it, it related to the size of the MSP. And it was always, you know, it was just based on our own data from, from the firm, which has thousands of MSPs, but it was pretty much uniformly, it really didn't matter on the size It was everybody had the same problem. Everyone had crappy agreements. Everyone wasn't enforcing it. Some people were saying, Yeah, we we have an MSA. We use it when we do managed services, but not for projects. Why? I don't know. That's the way we do things. Oh, this is something we borrowed from a break fix client. We've been used. Everybody does the same thing. So I think that the MSP industry uh, needs the education that you're talking about for sure.
0: Awesome. And they us giving them in Dallas. Let's get everybody on the record. Pete, Eagles or Chiefs? Well,
1: being that I'm a NFC East guy, I have to go with the Eagles, the other side of living outside of Philadelphia for 30-plus years. So, you know, team number two would would have to be the Eagles.
0: Okay. Brad? Eagles. i'm going
2: with eagles for three reasons one oh, okay. because you are such a diehard fan that i'm seriously concerned for your mental health if i said anything else that's one two eagles do look fantastic and three don't the chiefs have an ankle problem still doesn't their quarterback have an ankle problem still
0: i right. think so they said i think he has an ankle problem
2: yeah, I well, okay. an
0: ankle too.
2: Oh, it's funny how when I have an ankle problem, it goes for like six, seven weeks. They have an ankle problem a week and a half later. They're fine. Um, I'm going to go with the Eagles. And I'm going to go with the Eagles, by the way, big. It's not even going to be a close game. How do you like that? Okay. Not even a close I, I, game.
1: I got to tell you, there's an HVAC contractor down here that if, you, if the Chiefs win, they will pay the – H V A C cost to do the installation. I'm like, boy, that's a big insurance policy Right. You know? So they're 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 betting on the Eagles, I think, to win. Or I may have reversed it, but one of them, it's gotta be a big insurance policy, that's for sure. Like, you know. Oh,
2: George, I assume you're going Chiefs, right? That's yeah. No, Self evident. <laughs> I no, just wanted yeah. to see if you'd play along. You won't even play along. You won't even be sarcastic no, and no. say that.
0: Here's it's, what I'll it's say. Eagles reproach. already won. I'm just going to see history unfold. I already got my spot on the parade route marked off. I got my, I got everything booked. I'm ready to rock and roll.
1: I
2: love it. I That's love it. it. Are you going to get well, on the Jumbotron? Will we see you on TV?
0: You might hey, be up there you know, with you know, me. Um, apparently, I was on TV Indiana? last time I went to Arizona the, earlier this year. Eagles, Cardinals in the same building. So, mm. yeah, I was getting text messages like, you were on just TV. I was, like, I was, I was just on TV. What? Huh?
2: i think it's awesome congratulations So you have been to be fair to be fair i'm not making a joke here to be fair george is such a diehard eagles fan right you go to every game right am i right almost every game you fly all over the country to see them play if anyone deserves to go to the eagles super bowl game i certainly think it's you for sure i mean you're a diehard fan like anybody can imagine so yeah except for
0: Brad didn't put it out there. If the Eagles win the Super Bowl, I get a discount on my league.
2: <laughs> Wait, I'm sorry. Is the video going out now? What? Wait, I'm sorry. did the video. <laughs> I am sorry. I can't hear you anymore, George. What happened? <laughs>
0: uh, too good, man. Too good. Well, listen, I will be uh, I will be definitely social mediaing my experience to Arizona. And, uh, you know, I guess uh, hopefully everything ends up uh, going well. I don't know if you saw the and instead of climbing poles in Arizona, some Eagles fan climbed a building, but uh, none of that for me. I'll, I'm just going to watch a parade. I don't need to climb anything uh, other than the stairs to and from wherever I'm sitting in the stadium. How about that?
2: I like it. Good luck. <laughs> all to right, you, my guys. Friend.
0: This session was recorded impromptu appearance by Mr. Brad Gross, and we're, we're going to have him back, and he's going to also be at MSP Community Minds. Find all of that MSP. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, we're dude. We're
2: yeah. It's going to be ch- fun. We're
0: change the game. It's time. Let's it's do it. Time. Let's make it work. All right, guys. Catch you on the flip side. Talk to you guys soon. Take care, bye
2: guys. Bye. Take care, Pete. Bye.
0: bye. Take care.